how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, Colin's back on the show, and we're just about a week away from releasing our latest movie with our friends at Yes Theory. So make sure to head to yestheory.com slash documentary to get early access to the film. It comes out on August 11th, this upcoming Sunday, and we'd love for all of you guys to go check it out when it releases this Sunday, August 11th, yestheory.com slash documentary. Another big thing that's happening this week is that I'm turning 30. Colin and I love to have conversations about age, especially big age milestones like turning 30. And that's probably because we've gone through so many pivotal moments together over the past seven years. And turning 30 feels like a big moment. On this episode, we talk about my expectations and feelings going into the next decade of my life and the concept of balancing time while trying to achieve creative and financial goals. Next week, we'll have the guys from Yes Theory on the podcast. I'll be 30 years old and we'll have another movie out that you guys can watch. A lot of exciting things to share with you guys at the end of this summer. All right, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. Good to have you back, man. Yeah, you're not alone. No, that was a crazy experience. I, I appreciate it. There's a lot of people that reached out to me, and uh, a lot of them were very supportive, but I also got some that were like, yo, man, that was probably pretty weird, huh? Really? <laughs> yeah. It, you know what was interesting for me is I was so excited the night before because I knew we had a podcast coming out, and I had no idea what it was going to be. I knew what you were doing, I think. But I just didn't fully know, obviously, like the content, what you're right, going to yeah. talk about. I mean, I didn't either. So I, yeah, I mean, you could kind of tell. No, no, I actually, you did a really good job, honestly. Yeah. And I woke up the first thing and I put the podcast on right away and I was just a fan of our own podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you to everyone. If you don't know what I'm talking about, last week I did a Ask Me Anything um, alone, which is really interesting to do, just me and the mic. And it, it really opens your eyes to the value of like having that 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 feedback and that bounce board and even on youtube like if there were no youtube comments it would be kind of hard to put up videos without knowing how people are reacting just to silence yeah just yeah. to silence it's it's kind of an interesting thing i have a question for you yeah did you edit anything out and was there any time during it where you were just like took a deep breath and went Whew. I, I edited two parts yeah yeah um one of them i like really fumbled on my words yeah. and i would have kept it in but i didn't react to it does that make sense Yep, that does make sense. So because I if you if you if you talk about it, I didn't acknowledge it. it. Did, yeah, okay. yeah, I didn't acknowledge it. Which uh, is the mind of an editor. Exactly. Yeah. I should have acknowledged it, but I think it would have been it would have been easier to acknowledge if someone else was in the room. Um, I didn't acknowledge it, and then there was another point that was just a really long pause, and I was like, "This is going to be really boring." And so, it just got awkward for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Let me just let me just tighten this up. Um, but yeah, you just went back home. I did, and it's not something that you do that often actually no maybe twice a year do you consider los angeles home or do you consider new jersey home hmm i consider new jersey home 
Yeah. But I live here. <laughs> do, you, do you think you'll ever consider Los Angeles home? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what that's going to feel like to fully feel like it's home. Like so. when you fly back into LA and you land at LAX and you get in your car and you drive towards your house, do you get that feeling of like, ah, oh, I'm coming home? No. 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 But I've lived in almost 10 places in the last seven yeah, years. Yeah, that's true. So there's never a place where I feel like I've really sunken in. But that's not to say that by the end of my experience in New Jersey, I'm not super excited to get back to Los Angeles. And I still, I love Los Angeles. I really do. Like, it's not a city that I hate by any means. I think it's a really fascinating place to live. I never expected to be here. And I think it's totally drastically changed my life in this crazy way. And I'm super thankful to Los Angeles for that. So the reason I ask you about that is because I remember when I went to college and I remember thinking, like, is there a point where I'm going to feel like this town, Santa Cruz, is home? And it happened. By my senior year, I would drive from L.A. to Santa Cruz. And as I would pull in and as I would get closer, I would get that feeling of like, oh, I'm coming home. Yeah. And I remember thinking that was insane. I was like, this isn't my home. Why do I feel comfortable here? That happened to me in Colorado, in Boulder. I remember two, three years in, you know, flying home for winter break and then flying back to Boulder and having the same sort of feeling of just, whoa, these these are both home for me. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles, honestly, I just haven't had that yet. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting topic, especially um, with the movie that we're working on. We're sitting here in the Yes House, uh, which is Yes Theory's headquarters. And we've been editing this documentary for what? Almost four weeks? This will be week four. Yeah. Time really time flies. flies. And by the time the next episode of our podcast comes out, the movie will be out. out. Yeah. The movie will be out. This yeah. is the final stretch. This is when everything happens. Um, but the movie has a strong theme of home. Uh, if you're a Yes Theory fan, then you probably know about um, Amar, who grew up in Egypt and now lives in Los Angeles, which is a amazing you know, difference in, in lifestyle and yeah. culture. Far drastically different than New Jersey versus Los Angeles. Nah, New Jersey is pretty different, man. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah it's pretty different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it also has uh, a big theme of, you know, it's a coming of age story as well, in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a story about friendship and community. And, and I think... Um, this movie has everything. Yeah, it has everything. So <laughs> go to yestheory.com slash documentary and sign up. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's this interesting concept. I think as like a, as a creator and a modern creative, like so much travel happens, meaning like so much movement, especially because you can do this job from anywhere, right? And you can be discovered from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times the jobs that you get might be in you know who knows where mm -hmm. florida or something we've been to florida way more times than i think we ever thought we would go to florida <laughs> right 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 but yeah i just think that that's uh it's it's part of the um kind of creator or creative life now i think is the concept of travel and the concept of like potentially being kind of nomadic and being a little bit more like fluid and flexible with the concept of home i feel like a lot of the creators we run into are either like constantly in motion or um you know not in the place that they grew up or like i find myself being a very unique case that i grew up in los angeles and i still live here in los angeles and this is also where happens to be where entertainment happens and i really don't know that many people no, from los like, angeles outside of you and your friends who have become my friends right outside of that everyone's a transplant right and you plan on staying in Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't think I'm moving. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this is home. 
for good. And now you're turning 30. And now I'm turning 30, Colin. I mean, isn't that what this podcast is about? <laughs> it is. Yeah. This is uh, this is my episode of the Turning 30 pod, which is something we did with you when you turned 30, mm-hmm. which was eight months ago. Pretty sure. Okay. No need to age me like that. <laughs> well, but, you know. Yeah, you're much older than me. <laughs> Pretty sure I cried on that episode. So I would appreciate it if you could get yourself to a similar place. I haven't cried in a while. Actually, no, that's a lie. I, 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 <laughs> I haven't cried. In a while. I haven't cried. This in brings a while. up a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> I, you know, it's I, actually. I haven't shed a tear that, since I was five. <laughs> that's actually incorrect. I cried during an episode of Queer Eye recently. How can you not? Yeah, but ap- since then or before then, I don't. I don't remember. But I'll try. I'll try my best. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. So cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you feel? You're a couple days out when you thought about 30. So, so here's an interesting emotion that I, I've been having about my birthday. Um, I feel disappointed. Go on. <laughs> I feel disappointed that four or five years ago when I was 25 and I was like, oh man, when I turn 30, I'm going to do something really spectacular. I'm going to put on an awesome party for my friends. And then when I was 26, uh, I think w- when I was 26, I, I think I did something. Maybe we took a trip or something. But 27 to now, I've been working on my birthday. There was one birthday where I worked with you in, in Brooklyn at Red Bull Arena. I remember that. Which was really nice and fun, but it was kind of hard labor. It was like overnight. We were working yeah. like super late into the hours. Um, I have no idea what I did last year, but I think I was definitely working. I think a lot of birthdays with you, even your birthdays, we were working. Yeah. Many times where it's been like, we're just working on our birthdays. Yeah. Um, but I had this thought in my mind that like, you know what? On my 30th, I'm going to do something big. It is a big one. It is a big one. Yeah. And here we are again in the middle of making a movie on my 30th birthday. Okay. And so your initial feeling was disappointment. My initial feeling was like, why didn't I prioritize this? Have you rationalized that emotion yet? Or do you still, you just, are you constant with disappointment? I think that there is this interesting emotion of like the desire to work and the desire to create mixed in with the desire to be in the moment and take time to relax and take time to focus my energy on like my community and my friends, my family and myself. And that has been, I think, a big theme of the back half of my 20s is how do I balance those two things? when I feel most at peace when I'm working or creating, but I also have this pull to do things for myself and prioritize self. And I've noticed in the past couple of years that I haven't prioritized self a lot. I've gotten much more out of shape. I don't prioritize sleep as much. Hmm. I have a little bit of a harder time prioritizing my relationships and friendships. I don't have that I don't I don't spend a lot of time with my friends. I mean, luckily we're friends. Luckily you and I are friends. Yeah. Cuz if you spent a lot of time with me and we weren't friends. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like you got a real problem, yeah. man. But I just think that that's like a lot of the emotion coming mm-hmm. into being 30 is like the 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 nice part about turning 30 is like clarity. I think that's a nice part. Your 20s is such an experimental time that you get to work towards clarity. But the part that I'm looking at is like am I ever going to change? Am I ever going to prioritize self? and friendships and relationships over work and creation. Yeah, I was actually talking with someone last night specifically about this who 
we, we were having this conversation about how if I'm left with no plan, let's say after our last project for NBC, when we came back and we had some time, did not have any projects that were lined up immediately after that necessarily in those one to two to three days after, if I'm not, if I'm not putting in a, a plan in motion, I won't put a plan in motion and I'm, I can find ways to relax and hang out. I'm, I can do that. And I think I get it. My dad works really hard, great work ethic, but he's also like good at relaxing. I think he's good at that. And you, I'm terrible at that. I, I, yeah. I don't think I really noticed it until after NBC, but you, you also just attract to yourself a lot of obligation. Yeah, but you, see, like, I, I think I put it on myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. You, you only myself. get it. It's not like no one ever... It's seldom in life do you have to do something, right? You elect to do a lot of things mm-hmm. if you're lucky. And you elect to do a lot of things. We got back from NBC. It was one of the toughest projects we've ever done. I really thought we were like, maybe we would never even work together again because we were just so tired. And immediately, you were yeah. scheduling photo shoots uh, yeah. for the family business. You're just in it. Mm-hmm. It's just as immediate. Like your time, what I've noticed about you is your time will get filled. There is right. no empty time for you. Yeah, I, it stresses me out to think about empty time. Unless you fill your time with empty time. Exactly. It's the only way that you're going to find it because you, you just don't do that. Yeah, I, I. it's interesting actually. My, I think back to my college days because this was the first time I remember this when I took on the role of head coach my freshman year at a local high school. So I was 18 years old and I took on the, the role of head coach, not really knowing what that was going to entail. It's a lot of obligation to be in charge of 30, you know, high school kids for an entire season. And like if they win games or lose games, if they do well in school or not do well in school, like you the parents, like it's all on you, right? It's a really interesting thing because uh, all of a sudden I was in college, but then I was like a responsible member of this community in Santa Cruz. It all it levels you up from being an 18-year-old college freshman right. or a 19-year-old you know, college freshman to now you have to interact on the same level as 38-year-old, 40-year-old parents. Exactly. And um, that was the first time I felt the... Um, like both the burden and the um, enjoyment of responsibility because I didn't have free time in college. I was a film student. I played lacrosse and I coached lacrosse. There was no free time. So maybe Friday nights and Saturday nights, I would have some time, but typically the next morning early, I was had something to do, whether it was practice or a game or whatever. So I never really had free time. I was constantly doing something. I got so much fulfillment out of coaching and I saw so much success that I think that was the moment when I really got hooked on the feeling of the more I put into something, the more I get out of it. Yeah. Now, then we jumped into entrepreneurship, right? Post-college, you jump into entrepreneurship, which is the ultimate high from I put something in, I get something out. That's so fun, right? And then you recognize that it's on you however much time you have in a day, you get to decide how much of that you want to invest into this project. And typically, the more you invest, the more you get out. What's happened in more recent times is I don't have a singular focus, but I desire the same thing to invest all of my time into something. And so now all of my time is invested in different areas, not all pushed into one common goal a lot of the times, yeah, but into many different goals of typically of different businesses, different entities, different groups of people. I would say it's one of the biggest differences between you and I. Right. When it comes down to it. I don't I don't put my interest into as many buckets. Right. 
Yeah, and I'm, I I think it's uh, I think I have I I'm very excited and happy with my like desire to work, but I don't think I'm good yet at uh, or right now at focusing that energy in one direction because I'm more concerned with am I working than yeah. am I working on the the right thing or the smart thing or the and if you think about it during lacrosse network days you were pretty much only in one direction yeah and it and it worked out really well yeah so I think the interesting thing is sitting in the yes theory house um, and being friends with these guys you know you typically think of them as guys who say yes a lot but they're actually guys who say no all the time I ask them to hang out at least three times a day consistent no's yeah well you know that's just for you <laughs> but <laughs> that was what, a joke yeah but what I mean by they say no all the time is they're so clear on what they're focused on and how they're going to grow what they do that they say no to everything else if it doesn't pertain to their success and they value their their free time as well and their balance time and their uh, mental health and physical health time which is really hard for me like when i look at this documentary we're working on i just kind of looked at it in the beginning and said okay we have three to four weeks of really intense work i'm not going to work out for this time i'm not going to prioritize sleep like i'll do that after this but i started to recognize during it that i was like this is actually pretty similar to most of my days and I actually have to find the way that the balance happens regardless of the project. That the balance is just there. And if I take on a really hard project, the reason why I'm going to be good at taking on that hard project is because I have the balance yeah. set in my life. And I have boundaries that I can set up. And so again, when I think about taking on this project, I knew it was going to go over my 30th birthday. But I did not set any sort of boundary of, you know what, I'm re I still really want to plan something big for my 30th and I'm not going to let this interfere immediately once we signed up I was like oh this takes this takes precedent over anything else yeah I mean I'm, I'm not good at that either but I think that is the key is to put the majority of your energy into your self-care into whatever your base is whatever your routine is whatever you need to do and if you can really pin that down and you know yourself well enough to know like what you need to do to be right then hopefully, yeah, your work does get better. And it's it, it becomes counterintuitive, I think, for someone who desires to be like an entrepreneur or a creator because there's so much, you know, grind and hustle content out there, right? Like there's so much of that content out there that's like people grinding late yeah. into the night and just like... And in your mind, everyone works out, everyone yeah. eats healthy, yeah. and they have a killer business. And I think when when you're when you're trying to make something, when you're trying to get something off the ground, I always have this feeling that like someone's working harder than me. And that's the truth. Someone is working harder than me all the time. And I, that like, I, I it's so hard for me to uh, come to terms with that. If that makes sense. Like I, when I, um, anything I've, I've done, like, especially when we started our first business, that was my thought every night. I would be like, someone's out there working harder than me. And I don't like that. And so that always would bother me, but I don't mm. think I understood that. Like there's a difference between, how to do that in the smart way interesting and how to not do that in i think way. my mentality early days was i'm better than everyone mm. but i need to make sure i show up and prove it not other people are working harder than me yeah like i'm more talented but if i don't show up and prove it then i'm not you know yeah when did you first feel talented um, when did you know when did you know that or when did you feel that 
Honestly, I just think I was lucky from a young age to have a lot of positive reinforcement from parents and teachers and stuff. To be really, to be honest, like yeah. I, I had a lot of positive reinforcement when I was young, and then I, in early high school, I started getting really good grades, and that was a clear indicator, or at least I, even though I think it was from hard work, I took that as talent because it's just clear cut. Here's yeah. your good grades. Man, that's you just you just hit something that I don't think I ever recognized that that much when you said that that I, I have never felt talented. I I, I know I'm no, that's not true. No, it, it it like when you just said that about grades too, because I if you don't know this about me, I did not get good grades ever. I was actually on probation in high school because my grades were so bad. Uh, now I wasn't actually failing any classes. I just went to a really competitive high school. So like a, a B minus or a, a B minus was considered like you were fringe. And if you got, if you even got a C plus, it was just like, boom, you're on probation. And that, that was my issue. I, I would get like a C plus B minus all the time. And it was just like, boom, this kid's on probation. And, uh, that I remember I was just at some point came to terms with like, Oh, I'm just not smart. Like I'm not good at this. I'm not smart. Hmm. And, uh, I remember thinking, especially when we started our first business, that like I was not going to be smarter than anyone else in business. I just could work harder and I had more endurance than other people. And I Mm. still feel that way. I still feel that I have more endurance than others. Sometimes it's hard for me. Like I I get, uh, you know, I I do get burnt out and, and tired now more than I used to. Yeah. But I do think that if I if 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 challenged, I have more endurance. That's that's fascinating to me, actually, that that's how you see yourself, because I, I obviously consider you a very hard worker. But in my opinion, you would not be nearly in a place like in the place that you are now without a natural born ability to right. uh, to speak and to think on your toes. Yeah, that that I think has developed over time and that I have a lot of confidence in. There you go. For sure. That that I have confidence in. I just you don't consider like, it a talent. I, it, I think now I do, but I'm saying like those like formative years, those formative years, like I didn't have any skills or no one was reinforcing or validating that street smarts or ability to talk was the skill that you needed in life. That was just like, dude, it was a profound moment when I found out I didn't have that. Hmm. When I moved out to Los Angeles to work with you and I saw the way that particularly you and Julian were able to talk on the phone. Yeah. I was like, these guys are incredible. And I seldom had to take phone calls in the early days. But when I would take them, I'd go into the back room because I didn't want you guys to hear me on phone calls. I remember that. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, because I was very insecure. I was like, whoa, this is a gift that, or th- this, is a, this is a skill that I never had to work on in high school or college. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I guess to, to relate that all now to... Um, turning 30 and like the next chapter the a big part of it is just understanding your strengths and weaknesses and finding a lot of clarity and then on top of that using the that knowledge to say like okay well with that known what is what's my purpose like finding purpose and who's my community I think that's like the next chapter of life is just like getting really clear and comfortable with what's my purpose and who's my community given the the facts that I know about myself and how do I just improve and, and get better and honestly, like, just have more fun and be happier? That's what's nice about getting older. As you start to understand yourself more, 
you don't force yourself to do things that you have proven over time that you're not good at and don't, and you're not comfortable right. with. Right. And of course, you know, we're in the yes theory house. You want to seek discomfort. Mm-hmm. But with the, some things, I think, that happen all the time in your life and in terms of navigating life uh, and having more fun, yeah, there's some things I don't want to do. Right? And, like, I, I that make me uncomfortable. You did say the other day you wanted to skydive again. That came out of nowhere. I was like, what? Yeah. I had a skydive I had the conversation this morning. I could. I feel weird about it, but I could do it. I think it was fun. I don't know, man. How crazy would it be if in this podcast it just hard cut to us going skydiving? Not going to happen. I'm so comfortable but right we should, now. We should do that on our podcast, like where we're just having like a normal conversation, then all of a sudden it just accelerates. and Like, like the David Dobrik of podcasts, of podcasts, where all of a sudden we're in a totally different place. And <laughs> yeah, just like it goes wild. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I did an interesting exercise when I turned 30, which was I, I thought back to the exact date when I turned 20 and where I was at that time in life. And I thought about all of the things that at that point in life I had no idea were going to happen. And you may need a little more time because I, I took I did this in a notebook and I made an actual list. Yeah. And I, I did good things and bad things. And primarily I, I gravitated towards the good things. But when you were 20 years old, what were some of the things that at that time in life you could have never guessed would happen? Oh, I know exactly where I was when I turned 20 now that I think about it. I was in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. You're a madman. <laughs> On my way to go meet my brother in India. Yeah, that was crazy. What was the other part of that? What were some things at that point that you had no idea were going to happen by the time you turned 30 in the next decade? Hmm. I mean, yeah, what's interesting, and this this is going to sound really weird, but I, I that's a good thing to think about because the only thing I can think about as I'm turning 30 is what didn't happen. Yeah, but what I anti- so think yeah, about what like, did happen. Like what I anticipated to happen. Think of all the amazing things that did happen that you couldn't have even imagined because they weren't even on your radar. Yeah. That's a good exercise. That's always hard for me. Do you need me to fill in your gaps right now? <laughs> no, no, no. I think I can fill them in. I think I can fill them in. If I, it, Yeah. I mean, all of them are relationship based. Yeah. When I look back, it's all like friendships, relationships. Like, yes, did we do some, did we build some awesome things? Of course. But the coolest part about that was the process and the people you meet along the way. Like when I think about it, it's all people. Just like I didn't expect these people to come into my life. Did you know Katie at that time? You did. did. I did did know know Katie. I did know Katie at that time. That's a crazy thing is knowing someone way before you even develop the type of relationship that's going to accelerate into uh, a marriage and then to really understand that um, like that is going to happen yeah and like and sorry to 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 look back on it and be like whoa that was a relationship I had with someone that wow I had no idea at that I had time no idea that gonna, I'd be spending the rest of my life with marry that this person, person. yeah, yeah that, that's a crazy thing but yeah all of all of the things all the wins I think about are are so relationship based yeah, I mean, you and I hadn't even met. I did think there was going to be something, like some crazy um, occurrence where I became like, uh, this is not a joke, where I became like a pop or rock star. I, I knew you were going to say I that. truly thought that there was going to be some sort of occurrence that happened. I actually think your diehard dream and, and dream that you've had for a long time of being a rock star because you were in serious bands in high school and that not coming true is a big part of why it's tougher for you to think about all the good things that happened instead of the things that didn't happen. Yeah. Because you had really lofty expectations uh, for 
being a rock star. Well, like legitimately, not not like yeah, all types yeah. of things. One thing. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting for me? If you ask my high school girlfriend, she used to laugh at me all the time with the types of things I would say. But actually, what, the weirdest thing is when I watch like the young, very successful YouTuber life, it's the life I thought I was going to have. Like when I watch David Dobrik's vlogs, I'm like, wait, this is exactly what I thought my life was going to be like when I was 24. Like, sorry, when I was 18 or 16, when I looked out to being 24, it was exactly that. Like in Los Angeles, in a house in the Hollywood Hills that was mine. Hanging out with celebrities. That all my friends hung out at, that I made something creative in and people came over. Like, that's what I envisioned. And I think that that, that is why when I look back, I... And, and that was a very, uh, like, I'm very happy with my life. Very happy with my life. But I think that there's something inside that I'm like, ah, that still hasn't happened yet. Like, that one thing hasn't happened yet. And that, and it sounds so ego-driven to talk about it like that. And so, yeah. like, vain. Which is crazy, because we've talked about this before. You and I both have walked into full, like, stadiums. Yeah. Where almost everyone knows who we are. Yeah, yeah. That... Because we've been lucky with the lacrosse network mm-hmm. to go where our community is and see everyone. So let's, yeah, let's explain that. So when we were on camera for years with the lacrosse network, I mean, we, we started the, the network and we were on camera for years. We developed a, an audience. And again, in the lacrosse community, you get a hundred thousand people watching a video. That's, that's a, that's a big part of the lacrosse community. Now, the thing that's very different about making content for the lacrosse audience versus making content for the general YouTube audience is that, even if we get 500,000 views every single video from here on out, it's so unlikely that a good portion of those people will all be in one place at the same time who watch our videos regularly. In the lacrosse community, that did happen. And that happened at big games. It happened specifically at the final four, like the, the college championships. And when you would go, there's 30,000 people in the stands and every single one of them watches your show. That is an overwhelming amount of people in one place who are fans of you. What did you say? You were at a Justin Timberlake concert? Yeah, I was at a Justin Timberlake concert, and it was full. It was a packed, sold-out show, which meant 17,000 people. I mean, think about that. And that, so, that so you was have the moment. lived out some of like elements yeah, of this dream. But I wasn't there. You weren't Justin Timberlake? <laughs> yes. But what I'm saying is I wasn't present. Oh, you didn't. Uh, I wasn't. You didn't really fully appreciate I, it. I didn't realize it. Every time we did that, I was like, "This is awesome, and it's going to be even cooler when I do this on a bigger scale." You know, I thought the same thing too, yeah. which is so which is such up. a ridiculous thing to think. It's so weird to think that every time I did that, I was like, "Oh, well, this is cool now, but like, yeah, wait till you know, there's a hundred thousand people." Which is who the yeah, hell are like, we, man? What were we thinking? I don't know. And, and that, I guess, that's another part of as I get older and turn thirty, like being able to reflect back on such moments of ego that are, those are natural human emotions. Like being okay with that is also important. Being like, that's okay that mm-hmm. I felt that, but learning from that and moving forward and being like, Oh, that's not what's important. Like that is, that is not the thing I'm looking for. You know, I think it was one of the uh, major breakthroughs I've started to have like in my later twenties and now in my thirties is being able to admit when I'm wrong if I'm in a small conversation or a slight argument and the other person says something that makes me realize I'm wrong, you're so much better off by admitting it mm-hmm. and then moving on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's actually just a whole like overhaul of 
learning and accepting your own truths and just truth in general, just like, oh, okay. You know, even, even looking back on the, that, what we just talked about, about walking in the stadiums and having this fan base and you and I both feeling like, oh man, like, you know, this is going to get bigger. And like, that's the exciting part. Not this, this is just a stepping stone. Um, even thinking about that and really sinking into a truth and being okay with accepting, like, how cool is this? Because I think there were moments where you and I looked at each other and we were like, how cool is this? Totally. We, we, there we were acknowledged some, There were some Yeah, we like weren't that. so no. egotistical that we couldn't acknowledge how, how humbling it was to have that experience. But we were saying how cool is this, I think, with the understanding of how cool is this that this it's starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this is the start. Yeah. We're here. Like, yeah. we're on the way. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. But it, it was cool. Yeah. You've gotten to do some cool stuff, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I can't I can't sit here and say my 20s weren't so cool, like so interesting and so cool and um yeah, the only thing I I think that's important for me as I look towards 30 and it's fitting that my 30th birthday I'll be I'll be working um on something that I love, which is nice. You know, I'm not like working on something that I don't want to do. Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, this is exactly I wanted to be a filmmaker. This is exactly what I wanted to do. But as I look forward, it's like, okay, how do I get really clear with my own personal needs and how do I instill balance? It's still one of the hardest things. I, I know a ton of people who are much older who have no idea how to do that still because it's super hard. It's a hard thing to do. It feels, feels funny to prioritize self at times. Of course. You know, it feels funny. But y- you learn from a lot of friends and a lot of people who are very talented Um and, and who have achieved a lot, they, they prioritize self a lot. Like people who achieve a lot, they, they really are in tune with what they need to perform and what they need to, you know, provide the best version of themselves in, in any sort of setting. Sleep. It's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, man, sleep is so important. It's so rare that I, I really prioritize it. Well, you know what? It's not like we're doing nothing for your birthday. No, we're yeah we're we're having do, a, we're doing something awesome. Big dinner, yeah, eating pasta, which is my eating favorite. Eating pasta, yeah, tons I, the, of friends. When I look at my thirties, here's what I'd like. Let me tell you, Colin. I'm here, man. This is the Colin and Smear podcast. I so really I'm here want to listen to build a platform where, you know, especially like to have more of these type of conversations and make this sustainable to just be able to talk to people and like the type of conversation we had. Um, recently with with titty on this podcast if you haven't listened to that one i mean that's so fun to have conversations and really like um bring out you know certain sides of people and and conversations they didn't even expect to have it's super fun um even the conversation we have with amar on this podcast i mean he always references that and i think that's that's super cool so i want to be able to do that but i want that to lead to me getting sponsorships from things i love like my, one of my dream sponsorships is barilla pasta do you know how cool that would be to be sponsored by a pasta company? Are you being serious? I'm being dead serious because I saw it recently on Instagram. Do, so, they, do they do? Something? Yeah, I saw it recently on Instagram. Someone was a Barilla partner and I was like, yo, how have I not integrated pasta into yo. my content? I was like, yo. Yo, I love I, pasta. I love pasta, man. How am I missing out on this? They don't even know me. You know how I feel that? I'm sure you could guess who I feel that way about. I have no idea. Like some design company, some font company or something? Snyder's of Hanover. Oh pretzels i don't think they do integrations yeah but let me tell you you're not that brand loyal because i saw you this week eating like whatever rolls gold or whatever that that other brand is dude the only reason i did that is they didn't have snyder's if i have the option to get snyder's i will you don't know me man 
you could order them on Amazon. I just don't think you're that brand loyal. I don't understand <laughs> your agenda right now. I'm fully here to support you <laughs> to get your Barilla partner. No, I understand. Uh, that. I, I don't understand why. Like, how can we? How I thought can, we were in this together. <laughs> how can we create in a way that's smart so that we can get our dream sponsorships? Because that is a absolute dream sponsorship to have a, have a, a pasta sponsorship where I can just talk about how great pasta is because that's authentic to me. I would love to talk about how great. I pasta think you is. need to start a different channel. Samir loves pasta. Yeah, but I don't want to be pigeonholed, man. Don't don't put me in a box. See, that's your problem. Don't put me in a box. That's dude. your problem. You don't want to be known as the pasta guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a problem. Hmm. Okay, well, if you guys have any ideas, if anyone has a connection, let me know because that is just a... I feel like someone out there has a connection. I would also take a Bonza sponsorship, Bonza chickpea pasta. That's a little healthy so alternative. you're not brand loyal either, clearly. I will be. If someone's my sponsor, then no problem. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of The Colony. Your 30s are going to be crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, for real. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting age to turn. It's just like the first time you're entering this new decade that, that you know, 20s is so exciting because you're like, oh, my God, I'm 20. I'm going to be 21. I'm going to be like all this cool young stuff is going to happen to me. And then your 30s are like, okay, I'm a little bit more established, clear with who I am, but I'm also a little bit more serious about what I want to do with my life and how I invest my time because you start to realize how finite time is, I think, when you turn yeah. 30. You're yeah, like, I, told oh, you this. I don't I have that much time. I wrote in my iPhone notes one time, uh, at 25, time rears its head, and by 30, it's arrived. Yo, that's, that's really profound. Drop the mic. That was really good. Can you say <laughs> that one more time? By... No. Okay. Hold on. No, you can't. I'm okay, gonna get that's it. That's fine. No, I'm gonna get we, it. If you you could just rewind to hear that again. Yeah, just rewind. Yeah, because that was really profound. I might I might use that as my ad copy. <laughs> I might I might use that as my copy. You just better I, you better attribute it to me. Uh, I don't know, man. We're fifty fifty partners in this company. Whatever you think is what I think. So okay, I, mean, like, I guess yeah. you're right. <laughs> but that's pretty good copy for my Instagram. At twenty five, time rears its head. By thirty, it's arrived. That's really good. And, and I'm a so, writer. I'm yeah, a writer. The, the question becomes, how do you want to spend your time? Because it's truly something you spend. Imagine it as a currency. And every day, imagine if in your bank account, it was mandatory that you spent a certain amount, right? You would start to get really, really clear about how you're going to spend it because it's a currency. And I think that is when you turn 30, you start get, getting really clear that like this thing is, it's going, right? Like even in this moment, it's going. Time is just being spent. So how do I want to spend it? That's when you start getting clear. And I think that's where I currently am is, is looking at that and saying, wait, how do I want to spend and how do I want to invest and how do I want to, you know, really come up with what my days look like? What do I expect to happen when I do spend this amount of time? Sorry, man. Now I'm just thinking about time. Yeah. Uh, I'm in it. You're in it, man. Well, yeah, that's it this week. And, you know, how we've been spending our time for the past four weeks is into this movie. And as you guys look at the next week of your life, mark your calendar for August 11th because it's just a showcase of how we've spent our time for the past couple of weeks and what we've really prioritized. And after that, after August 11th, I think it's a time to kind of reflect and reevaluate and think about how we want to spend our time. 
individually and collectively, and both of us will be 30. By the, by the time the yeah. next episode of this podcast comes out, our third documentary of the year will be released, and both of us will be 30. Also, it's Sunday when this episode, it's Monday, sorry, yeah. when this episode comes out, but Samir's birthday is Thursday the 8th, so make sure to wish him a happy birthday. It's a big one. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. Make sure to head to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Colin and Samir. We just released a new video that I think you guys will all really enjoy. It's more about the concept of YouTube and YouTube advertising, but I think it sparks an interesting conversation. We're also gearing up to release our latest project next week. And after that, we're looking to focus our efforts more on our own content, including this podcast. We'd love to have more guests on, and we always want your opinion on the guests that we should have on this show. So let us know which creators you'd love to hear on this podcast, and we'll try our best to get them on. Also, we love all the voice messages we receive on Anchor. We've gotten them from all over the world, and honestly, it's one of our favorite features on the Anchor app. So if you don't have the Anchor app yet, you can download it and leave us a voice message. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.